Right, are we ready? Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to this Valentine's Day edition of Ego, the worst podcast in the history of podcasts. I'm joined tonight by Nicholas. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's, what a great, what a great noise to introduce me. Hello. And my... Uh, Bestest buddy in the whole wide world. They've now got electricity on the wheel, so we can get the internet. Mr. Stuart Miller. Can you hear me over? <laughs> Hello? Can you hear me over? Don't mine. <laughs> I can't. What? Right. Cue the music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, right. Let's just cut to it. What's everyone drinking? Nick? Uh, well, it's pop off the dark, isn't it? So uh, no, it's not pop off the dark. God, I'm getting. Oh, I've I've done about five podcasts this week. I'm all over the place. Um, I'm just drinking cherry Pepsi Max because that's all I've got left. But, but have you got any ale in it? Nah, nah, I'm not even bothered. Fucking hell, um, Mr. Miller. Well, I'm in. Uh, I'm in work nice and early tomorrow morning, so I'm just on the Pepsi Max ginger. Oh, so this is a Pepsi Max podcast. No, it's not. <laughs> I I am drinking some beer tonight, actually. I am drinking a bottle of Sol. I drink that. Oh, it's not 5%. That's a tart drink. 4.5%. Nick, do you know the story of um, the 13 cans of Stella? <laughs> You've mentioned it. Craig only knows because he's been told I- about it. <laughs> he doesn't he, he can't remember, can't remember after the seventh. No. Well basically I turned up at Mr. Miller's house one Saturday afternoon with our Grace and a box of Stella under my arm. And he goes, What have you bought that for? I've got the box of Stella. So we had two boxes of Stella. And Liverpool was on the telly playing West Brom at home. I think it was. And oh, what um, exciting game that would have been. Well, we smashed them, so it was quite good, actually. Um, and it was just a perfect storm. Like, uh, Rebecca Miller brought the ale in. She was the hostess with the mostess. And the cans were ice cold. Everything was perfect. Liverpool was winning. It was a beautiful afternoon of drinking. 13 cans of Stella later in three hours. And a bottle, not a bottle, like, Half a bottle, was it? Of um, what was that stuff that tastes like uh, wedding cake? Um, oh, amaretto. Amaretto, yeah. It was oh, amaretto, yeah. Amaretto. amaretto. Yeah, Disarano. Disarano is, is a brand name, but yeah, yeah. It was muddy. <laughs> I Why? black. What? What? I, I just. I mean, I think because. I can't lie, I, you know, I've, I've had a session and I'm sure everybody at some stage of their life has gone out for a mad one, particularly mad one, gone on a bit of a bender. 
but 13 cans of Stella in, in three hours. I mean, I couldn't even drink that much water in three hours. It was because Rebecca, like had, it was Rebecca's job to bring in the drinks. That's my daughter. And how old, how old was she at the time? She's 16 now, so 13. Was it three years ago? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. she was made up that she had a little job bringing us our ale in. So basically, as soon as we took our last sip of a can, she was there with another one. Did she think she was getting a tip or something? Because <laughs> so. that's that's like American like culture when you've got like bottomless sodas or something or coffee. Yeah, she was just made up. She had a little job, and I think she was on for a little dropsy at the end. Oh, she got a little dropsy. Uh, aye, aye. When I, th- when, I threw, when I threw up under a pillow, when I snuck upstairs, I literally Kerry phoned up to see what we wanted from the chippy. My wife. And I verbally abused her down the phone. Right, right well, hang on, right? Because Stuart is on here this week, this this episode, right? And you're from the same neck of the of the woods, so I'm I'm guessing you're going to say the same thing, right? Now, when I consider when I talk about a chippy, right? My chippy, Stuart, sells fish and chips, a battered sausage, saveloy, mushy peas, normally pies, that kind of stuff, right? No, when Craig talks about chippy, it's a Chinese that sells fish and chips. Yeah. So what's a chippy to you? I'm with Craig. Are you wrong? Absolutely wrong. Liverpool should be chopped out of the UK and left to float. That's a disgraceful way to behave. On the Wirral, a chippy, you've got your fish and chips, your sausages, your pies. Then you've got your Chinese meals as well. Plus you can have burgers and doner kebabs. See, we don't have that in Liverpool, really. We don't have kebabs. No, we do, but they're in a pizza shop. Uh, you, you, uh, you've got everything else backwards up there. Seriously, like, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand this madness. Like a chippy, like a fish and chip shop sells fish and chips. A Chinese takeaway sells Chinese food. Right? You do get with the kebab. The ke- kebab's a funny one because most places you get a kebab here is a fish and chip shop, but you also get kebabishes. And oh, so you get kebabs in your fish and chip shops? So some, it's no, no. Some, like you do get the odd one. I mean, where I live now, we don't at all. But where I used to live, you got a few that used to do the crossover of the two. But generally, a kebab shop sold kebabs, and a fish and chip shop sold fish and chips. Are Indians just sells Indian? Yeah, so they've got it right. Are in, are they don't do chips. What Jesus chips? That delicacy of. <laughs> Look, I'll tell you, it's just a tray tell, of chips you, with some grated cheese tucked over the top of it. God. Like, let me tell you a little story, right? Now, the, the irony of this story is that, uh, you know, 12, 13 years on, I'm I'm now a vegetarian. Lady. Right? But um, I used to go out with this girl, and her dad was a vegetarian. And one night, they said, oh, we're going to treat you to, go, uh, to dinner. We're going to go to this Indian or you can eat restaurant. And I was like, bring it on. And uh, it was a vegetarian Indian restaurant, which I, so I'd never, I'd never been to a vegetarian restaurant, never been to an Indian vegetarian restaurant. And at the time I was a very, very picky eater. So the, and also on top of that, I had um, an allergy to yogurt. So I couldn't eat a lot of sauces. Have you now, have you outgrown your allergy to yogurt? Yes. Yes, I have. Was it it just man yogurt you couldn't stomach? Oh no, I can stomach that, as as proved on our recent trip. But 
Um, so all night, all I lived on was boiled rice and fried cheese. <laughs> I can't remember what they call it. It's, it's, a, it's a dish, isn't it? The fried cheese. I can't remember what it's called, but that's all I had all night. And I can't even look at the stuff now. Was it fried man cheese? It tasted like it. Filth it was. Baby belt. What do you reckon? Actually horrible. What do you reckon Lee Malaby's man cheese tastes like? Well, speaking of Lee Malaby's man cheese. He hasn't got any, has he? <laughs> I thought he might though. But um Well he's had his bollocks removed, hasn't he? So <laughs> So we wanted to address it at the beginning of the podcast, because he'll never listen to this anyway. because uh, he won't. But um, you know, we me me and Craig started this podcast about a year ago and then it kind of evolved a bit and we brought as pop off the dark funny enough and then that span off into its own thing so we had pop off the dark that me and craig started then we had an episode with lee last june time around that time which we had so much fun doing and we thought it'd be really good if the three of us could get together and and continue doing this as like a, a free a free man show um with occasional guests and that was what became ego and then we've done that for uh, we've done that for a few months and then it was getting increasingly difficult to pin lee down like it basically was impossible oh he's under the thumb i've never known anybody i I actually think he's got a vagina mangina mangina yeah regardless of of his uh, testicular fortitude the simple fact is is that we still want to do this show with Lee, but it's becoming impossible to book a time when Lee can make it. Like whenever we suggest a time, he's busy, he can't do it, he's got a plan already, which is fine. Life gets in the way and we get that. But we didn't think it was fair to either of us um, to just knock it on the head because one third of the party can't commit to any time so well we didn't want to waste our hosting fees for Jan- if january and february did we so. well. <laughs> but i mean here we are yeah and lee will lee will return at one one day yeah when he's when he's free and when he's got time so you know lee's still we're still considering part of this this podcast but you know we're not sure when he's going to be back on it so that's it so is he sacked anyway man cheese <laughs> I love man cheese actually. Did you did did you used to play Smell Me Bell? For fuck's sake, Craig. What? We the Florida together, of course you have. <laughs> I didn't know that's what it was called though, to be fair. And you did it first, Stuart, so and obviously you've got a lot more years of you know nights away with Craig under your belt than I have. Um but Craig, we said we could do this episode and you said and I said to you, you know, if there's anyone that you want to bring on, because we knew Lee wasn't going to be about, do so. And you reached out to Stuart, who we've had on before. Yeah, quite a while have, ago yeah. now, I think. Well, I think he might have been the second episode or the, or the third episode. Might have been the second episode. And he'd been on, we've had him on Dis After Dark before as well. Um, but you had a particular topic in mind. Well, I love reminiscing, I love going back in time. And of course, you're Liverpool. Shut up, not bad. I fucking come down to London every day. I'll hunt you down and fucking cut your head off. <laughs> it's been recorded, so it's all right. I've got it. For- <laughs> so, um, I love, I love the eighties. I love it when I was little, 
Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, just... that's when Liverpool were good. Oh, you just beat me for that. <laughs> hey, Blue Ned, we've just fucking destroyed West Ham again. And what? It's West Ham. Would you want a medal for beating West Ham? Jesus Christ. Well, if they're given medals out, yeah, we'll have a medal. One. They're giving out t-shirts. <laughs> they weren't giving out t-shirts to be fair yesterday. To be fair, we're only one signing away from winning the league, but whatever. Oh <laughs> so, we did our years um, where the, the light bulb went on and you become conscious of, you know, movies and songs and albums and whatnot. Mine was 1984. I think yours was at 93, was it, Nick, or 94? Uh, nine, uh, 93, I think, yeah. Yeah, 93. So, like me and Stuart have just said then, in 93, me and him would have been working, which I was. and He, he definitely was. He was a little rent boy. but <laughs> That's how we met. Yeah. <laughs> a five-knuckle shuffle in an alley. Um, so, I just... Because Stuart's quite a bit older than me. So I thought it'd be interesting to see what I wanna, his year... I wanna, hang on, I want to know exactly what. Because the thing is, not, neither of you are women, so you can ask the ages. So I reckon my guesstimate, on only seeing pictures of Stuart, never met Stuart, but my, my guesstimate is if he's older than you, Craig, he's older than you by about 18 months. No, oh, you're oh. a good lad, Dick. It's more, Nick. It's more. Keep guessing. Come on. Two years. Two and a half. Two and a half. Is someone in the bath? No, it was me. That was. I just had a swig of Pepsi. I'm getting oh. available. No, they're not. <laughs> Coke shit. Coke shit. Um, yeah. I'd be right. Stuart's 47. Not right. 46. He's, for, he's 48 this year. <laughs> so so that means then that because um, Craig's the same age as me so three years no four are years you for, are you 44 no I'm 10 years younger than you oh yeah okay fucking hell so when I was in the seniors you were getting shot out of your mouth's vagina mm. yeah well we, we we have our parent issues Craig so it's not worth it. I've than that. Other forms of birth are available. So, yeah, I'm, I'm um, a few years older than Craig, but as you can tell by the photos and you've seen Craig, I do look a lot younger than him. That's because you look, um, shall we say, Mediterranean or a little bit Indian, maybe. <laughs> Gypsy, yeah, chip out. Roman, eh? Well, that's how we met. Uh, he was selling clothes pegs on the beach at Lanzarote. He was, he was tarmacking your drive. <laughs> yeah. And I, I brought him out a cup of warm piss. <laughs> so, the year. This will surprise you, Nick, considering Stuart's older than me. What is Stuart's year? Have a guess. Right, so yours was 84. Mine, mine was 93, so you, yours was 11, and mine was yeah. 10. So yeah. I guess then that Stuart, uh, the four years, um, I'm going to say 1985. Ooh, he's good. He's wrong, but he's good. 
<laughs> I got really excited then for a second. No, eight, not not bad. Eighty six. I've gone for eighty six. Yeah, ah. I would have thought it would have been like eighty one. Yeah, but see, eighty six. I can already say, guess one thing about that year already, because this one this one kind of bypassed me at the time because of my you know I was eighty six. I was free, so um, it was World Cup year. Was Mexico? Yeah. Mexico. I remember watching that in my nan and granddad's back. Where the Mexican wave was invented. Yeah. Fucking hell, Sherlock. It's true, mate. Hence the name. Yeah. Work it out, Sherlock. True that. See, Mexico 86 gave us the Mexican wave, and uh, the South African World Cup gave us the Vuvu Zayla. I know which one I prefer. The Italian World Cup gave us Hello Sailor. So, Stewie, what about 86? Come on, See, when you, give us a little insight. When you told me the year the light bulb switched on and things like that, I thought, well, I must have been a late starter because you were 84, you said. I thought, well, why am I a couple of years later on than you and, you're, and I'm older than you? It's because that's but, when I started to steal car, um, steal car radios and hubcaps. <laughs> See, all my childhood, from, up until the age of 15, all I was interested in was playing football. Get out for school, get your gear on, and go out and play football. Summer holidays, just played football every day. So up until the age of 15, and I think it coincided thinking about it, was when my mum and dad bought the, the Sky System and started watching MTV. So that would have been in 1986 when we got that. You had Sky in 1986. Yeah. That's when it launched, mate, yeah. Well, it, it was, yeah, mid-80s. I didn't, I didn't really know people got, anyone that got Sky until, like, the early 90s. But I thought it was the 90s. Wasn't it called B-Sky B then? No, or so, something? oh, God, I can't believe we're going to have this on the podcast. So I remember the Great War because we had a BSB satellite, which was, if you remember, diamond-shaped. It's called Squareal. Um, and we had that, and it had like five channels. Sky was more expensive. You had a big fat dish for that one, but you got loads of channels. Um, and it was around. We got it. We got BSB in 1990, and I think by 1991, Sky had bought them out. It was very, very yeah, quick. But-, but Sky had been around since the 80s. It's yeah, just that yeah. it, it wasn't a a massive thing until the 90s. That's when it took off. Yeah, we didn't feel we didn't feel privileged having eighty six. We we knew everybody, everyone we knew had the skybox. Did they? Yeah, yeah. You must have been poor. <laughs> <laughs> well, are, are you sure in nineteen eighty six you had it was called Sky? Yeah, no, it was definitely called Sky, there, mate. Yeah. Because it says on here that it was founded on the second of November nineteen ninety. Well, it was. Well, it was called Definitely Sky Box. Super, uh, what was it called? Might, it might not have actually been called Sky, but I know that it was, I'm sure it's before that. 5th of February 89 on Wikipedia, it says. On Wikipedia, though. I don't know what it was called. But I remember watching all the videos. Ah, and so yeah, all that. yeah. In October 81... SATV began test transmissions on the orbital test satellite after the uh, so so yeah maybe oh actually I got it wrong B, 
Space Guy B. Superstation. Superstation, yes. Superstation was 82. Yeah, that was the precursor. And it actually... You were fucking rich, you 1990... Uh, November 1990 is when uh, the, the merger between Sky and BSB took place. So BSB lasted no fucking time at all then. Nah. I know because my father-in-law had it. Well, see, the, the only thing I remember about BSB... Sorry, the main thing I remember about BSB is the fact that there was a program on it. It was called Hold the Picker. It was a TV, it was a kid's TV like sketch show, right? And one of the, it had three people on it. Uh, one of them's Rebecca Front, who is somebody that you will know in programs that you won't necessarily know her name. But the other one was this weird looking bloke called Lee Evans. And it was right before he lost oh. his stand-up career. Oh, that sort of triggered little memory, that. Yeah. It says here the Sky Channel uh, on the 16th of January 84, the channel was renamed Sky Channel. So it, it was out there. Yeah, because yeah. WWF used to be shown on, um, what was it called? Super, super what? Super Califragilistic. How would you say the channel was called? Um, super Station or something? Yeah, yeah, Superstation. Yeah. So they yeah. used to show WWF before Sky. Yeah. You were fucking minted, you <laughs> lad. <laughs> no, because I say I remember watching the MTV with the uh, like the the video jockeys rolled. Well, yeah, because the other brand new well, now. the other thing about MTV because I used to watch MTV around that time was the fact that it was like Europe, wasn't it? It was MTV Europe. So some of the stuff yeah, was yeah. done in London. But most of it was was filmed in Central Europe, so you had like a real eclectic mix of music and, and presenters. It used to be absolutely awesome. Not like the shit it is now. Oh. So go on. So so you're in the house pulling yeah, so, your pudding. So in between watching all the Daisy channels, <gasps> tutti fruity, fine, tutti fruity. I, I'm. How do you remember? I I was about seven. I tell you why. Like right, I tell you why. I remember two thirty because my parents used to watch it of a of a Saturday night, and used to think it was completely acceptable for them to watch that when I was around. It was a topless game show. Yeah, but I never ever understood the rules. No one did because it was in. Was it in? Was it Spanish? I think it was Italian. Italian. Yeah. Could never understand the rules. It's just that every every now and again, someone would take the kids yeah. off. Yeah, it was like three, two, one with tits. Three, two, one with tits. <laughs> Ted Rogers. No. What yeah, it was name? Ted Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> Dusty Bim. Look what you could have won. Nah, that's Jim Bowen. That's Jim Bowen. That's Bullseye. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember on. Do you remember on MTV Nick? They forever. They always played Walk Like an Egyptian. Yep. They always played um, Sledgehammer, Walk of Life, Sledgehammer, yeah. Money for Money Nothing. For nothing. Is that reference so MTV that's... as well? That song, of course. Yeah, Money for Nothing. So, what was it about that tin? What what got you? Well, that was me watching them videos. That was what made me go out and buy the albums. That's what turned me on to starting to buy. CD, well, sets at the time. Yeah. 
CDs. How rich were you? No cassettes at the time. <laughs> um, I was, and I, I had a fifteen-year-old. Any of the singers who were fit, that was me. I liked them. Like your, um, what do you call the Bangles with Susanna Hoffs? Yeah. Just did it for me. So that was it. I was a, I was a Bangles fan. I went out and bought the Bangles CD. Put it in me, uh, me head shoe bag. Took it to school with me cassette Walkman. Oh, your head shoe oh. bag, and you used to zip the end off and just carry the end of the bag. I had my cassettes in with me Walkman. Mine was fluorescent green. Oh, mate. The head shoe bag icon. I had fluorescent green Puma trainees. Oh, I love them trainees. They were my, they were my first name brand trainees because I used to get pumps before that. I remember when I started the high school, we were on holiday in a caravan in South, in North Wales somewhere. I mean, one my dad said... North Wales? You were rich, you <laughs> lad. We'll go, right, we need to go and get you some some new pumps for your, uh, your starter term. So I said, can I stay here with my brother and sister to carry on playing? So he said, okay, what do you want? And I said, Nike. Any, any trains, but they've got to be Nike. Any colour, not bothered. Nike. So they brought me back. I said, oh, we've got your trainers. I ran up all dead made up. Fucking Nicks. <laughs> Fucking Nicks. I remember Nicks. Force, force stripes. <sighs> well, you're not taking them back. You've got to have them. So my first year in school was getting leathered by everyone because I had fucking, they were blue suede, sky blue suede Nicks. Don't you step on my blue suede <laughs> Blue suede Nicks. If it makes you feel any better, Stuart, I, I remember one year I had um, matchstick trainers, which were like yeah. in the shoe shop, it was them on Nicks. And I went, no, they, they look better than Nicks do. But in the year after that, I think I wanted I wanted Reebok pumps, and because they were f- like fashionable for like two minutes, because they started making all the kits, I had a pair of ponies. Ah, oh, I love the p- pony NFLs with the fold over tongue. I, uh, no, they they didn't have the fold over, but they were high tech, high top trainers. But I mean, to be fair, they were actually really good. I never got ripped for them. I got ripped because of the name on them. But mm-hmm. the, when they started making all the football kits, like in the early nineties, it was it was like socially acceptable. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I do I do feel your pay with the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, I got so. When did you get your first album? That wasn't eighty six, surely. Uh, my first album was I got it off my sister. Had the Britannia Music Club. <gasps> Remember that? Fuck. Yeah. Mate, I, it was headquartered about a mile away from my house. Yeah. Oh, my God. That must have been the biggest weird house in the world. It was, a, it was a massive office block, I'll tell you that much. Bought, bought one and got 10 free or something like that. Yeah, you, yeah. They cost you like a pound. And then every hour yeah. that cost you about 40 quid. Yeah, and if you don't, didn't want it, you had to send yeah. it back. But more often than not, you forgot to send it back and you end up having to pay for it. So my sister joined that club, so I got um, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. Album that, mate. That album. Good. That was my first ever album. Kerry used to run around after them, chasing them around, not as green, in their fucking Rolls Royce, when she was a paper girl. My wife! <laughs> used to chase. Frankie Holly. Goes to Hollywood round, like Holly. a dog. <laughs> Holly is the echo! You're backing up the wrong tree, love. 
So uh, good. Uh, that must have been 84, that Frankie O'Swally was. Frankie 84, yeah. So we're talking 86. The other cassette I used to take to school with me all the time was Paul Simon's Graceland. Bit of an odd one, that. But I just loved it. I just loved the uh, the, the African fucking yeah, mad the, songs. Yeah. And then Dad, from that, you had you That's right, exactly. Out. Yeah, did that diamonds on the soles of the shoes on that yeah. one? Well, the reason <laughs> I bought the reason I bought the album was because I liked yeah. that song, and then obviously listening to all the other songs, I got to like it. I, um, like you said, diamonds on the soles of the shoes. I um, got dragged. Well, yeah, I got dragged to go and see Paul Simon in Hyde Park about oh, seven years ago, maybe, and he was performing Graceland's, but I'd never heard the album. And I was like, as long as he plays, call me out. I don't care. And uh, but it was good. They played the album in its entirety, and they had Lady Smith, Black Mamboza on stage with him. And it's a brilliant album. I've like fair play, fair play. Got some cracking songs on it. Has it been ruined? Has it been ruined by upgrades like the anniversary editions where they put a load of shit tracks on at the yeah, end of it? The thing is, like, it's a little bit like Star Wars, right? As long as I can access the originals, I don't give a shit. If you want to, it's like that. Um, they did Let It Be Naked, didn't they? When they stripped out all of the Phil Spector production. Yeah, but do you know what? I prefer Let It well, Be Naked. I haven't listened to it, but the reason for that is because the way I look at it is, if I want to listen to it, I can I can listen to it, and if I don't care about it, I can just go and listen to the original version. I don't like. As long as you've got the choice, I don't really care if there's any like special versions or if they release an album of demos, as long as it doesn't stop you listening to the original version. Yeah. Here's a new version, so you're never going to listen to yeah. the old one again. Yeah. It's not that, is it? If you, if you don't like the new one, don't it's listen like to it. when they did like Ghostbusters the other year with like the, the female Ghostbusters, and everyone's going, ah, oh, it's ruining my childhood. How can they ruin Ghostbusters? Look. Don't want to watch it. Don't watch it. Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 are still over there. Your choice, mate. I bought all the Ghostbusters films on iTunes. You know what I'm like. I I see a film and I buy it on iTunes. I don't mind. I like having the digital copies. I got the two Ghostbusters classics for like $9.99 all in. And I bought the Gale one. And I've still never watched it, but my Gale's like it. I've got no problem with it. It's one of the better 3D films I've got as well. I would, I would like Ghostbusters two to come out, and I'd like them to go fucking balls deep in the cameos and fucking go for it properly this time instead of <laughs> shitting out. But one of them's dead, so it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But he could come back as a ghost. Anyway, Graceland's. So, what other albums, Stuart? Uh, so, and then this was eighty six for the first time. I heard of a little group called In Excess. Ah, fucking shit, man. (laughs) These were my favourite group for about the next 10 years. I thought In Excess were amazing. I loved them. I thought they were brilliant. So it was the Listen Like Thieves album I got in 86. What was the song that we all sung constantly? Need You Tonight. Ah, fucking hell. That's the song. That was not as well. My uh, my wife, she um, she was li- we was driving the car and it was like classic rock station and Suicide Blonde came on and she started singing along to it. Yeah. Super Shine On. When I started laughing at her, 
And she was like, well, what's wrong? I was like, well, that's not the words, is it? She then sang Super Sign On, as if it was like a song about a doll queue. And I was like, no, it's called Suicide Blonde. Because she did, but she just never, she just thought that's what the words were. Never bothered to look it up. So that's my funny in excess story. <laughs> so that was the, the, the Listen Like Thieves was the first one. They'd been going for years before that, but the Listen that Like was Thieves the was the first one I'd got. And then obviously the following year, they had the Kick album, which all the big hits were on. And uh, so I liked them that much that uh, they were done in concerts in Birmingham. On this knob. <laughs> In '88, uh, they were in concerts in Birmingham, and asked me mate to come with me, and he was skint, he didn't have a job. What was so his I name? His, I bought his tickets as well. Shout out! I was that desperate to go. I can't, you might listen. He won't, honestly. Rest assured, he fucking won't. Steve, <laughs> Steve Rimmel, you fucking owe me for a ticket, you skyving <laughs> cunt. Steve, oh, is that the multi-billionaire Steve Rimmel? Steve Rimmel, he took me money to come and watch in excess with me. Never pay me back ever. I wonder where he is now. Probably dead. <sighs> oh. He was a good lad, actually. Uh, I was a big fan of Madonna, so my big Madonna songs were out in 86. We were all big what fans was of Madonna, mate. Was that, mate. True, was that True Blue? True Blue, Live to Tell, Papa Don't Preach, all the, all the ones where she looked really foxy in the videos. I'm in trouble, Papa Don't Preach. I am a man, I'm a man. I am my baby. It's like a man now, but back in the uh, day. You know what? Foxy. I, um, about, I think it was like the early 2000s, there was a dance remix. Like someone had done a dance version of uh, Like a Prayer. And when Madonna, like, you know, I was quite young in the 80s, so I was aware of Madonna's music, but I didn't really follow it too much. I wasn't really that bothered by the videos. But when that dance version came out, I went back and started listening to, like, 80s Madonna. And her output in the 80s up to about the mid-90s is phenomenal. She had so many good hits. It was amazing. Like a Prayer is still one of my favourite albums of all time. Yeah, she had a she had a a year where she had something like a song uh, about five or yeah. six songs in the top ten for the entire year. She was she had a massive output, as you say. Yeah. I my favourite song of Madonna is Hanky Panky. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking just say and I've still never seen no, that I, film. I think yeah, I could have guessed that actually. It was just that time on it with all Vogue and all the sex book and all that fucking palaver. Oh, I had the sex book. Oh. And the go to W. Smiths for that. <laughs> 25 quid and sold it about 15 years later for 50 quid. Some guy in Texas. It only, it only had access, access to fucking half the fucking photos in it though because all the pages are stuck together. <laughs> I had it hidden in my cupboard, and one day my mum told me, do you know that book you've got in your cupboard? I took it into work to show the fellas. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, there's lads in work, we're talking about this Madonna sex book, and they go, oh, my lad's got that. I'll bring it in to show you. I've never seen it, but I've heard, isn't there a picture where there's like a fucking bell end on her chin? I can't remember that one off by heart, but oh, there's there's a... weird, there were very close to knuckle ones. It's full frontal. <laughs> Saw everything. Oh, this, isn't it a pickle? 
Might have been a pickle, pickled onion. <laughs> I think we've killed Nick. No, let's do it. <laughs> Literally, when I said bell end on chin, he shot his load into That's his right. fucking Pepsi Max. Sorry, Pepsi Max. Did you used to, um, probably not so much Nick, we're probably too young, but you used to walk around the streets with a ghetto bastard? Um, when I used to go camping, we used to go camping in Freshfield, and it started with going Freshfield Woods in Formby, and we used to go camping on the beach at Ainsdale. That's how it started. It was Keith Anna, my best mate in school, little Keith Anna, LKH. That's where BCL comes from. Big Craig Lucas, that was me graffiti in school, and he was little Keith Anna. Um, we become boss mates because. I was six foot five in school, which I am now, and he was fucking three foot two, basically. Um, and so he didn't have to go on his knees, he could just stand next to you? Yeah, just used to pipe me right off. I used to slap him on the top of the head with my knob. And um, I threw his... The Cottage Homes was like a, um, a, a sheltered accommodation for disabled people. It was next door to our school. And I threw his school bag over the wall, and on our side of the wall, in the in the in the school field, it was like a five foot wall. But on the other side of the wall, it was a twelve foot wall type of thing. And me being a knobhead, I threw his bag over. So Jeff Owen, his best mate at the time, offered me out. So me and him had a fight in the cemetery, Kirkdale. Fight, 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 and that's why I've got chipped teeth. My two teeth at the bottom are chipped because he fucking chinned me good. Caught me with a fucking cracker. And uh, an off-duty police officer split us up. And from that moment, um, me and Keith Anna become mates. And uh, so we used to go to Freshies Woods and camp. The ghetto um, blaster. Yeah, with a ghetto blaster. And you used to have to take spare batteries. They'd be like, what did the C's or the double D's or the D's or what? Big fuck off. The, D, the big fat ones with D's, really. Yeah, but honest to God's right. We used to listen to um, Fleetwood Mac, Tango oh. in the Night. <laughs> it's a classic album, but not for a gang of lads. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. But go, and um, pet your boys. Mate, I've got, I've got, <laughs> I've got absolutely no shame in admitting that I've, I'm a fan of the pet shop boys. No shame. No, I know. Yeah, and I haven't got a problem with the pet shop boys or their music. I used to have their albums on on cassette. But <laughs> you just put on a tonato there. <laughs> But there's a gang of about eight lads being all dead hard, getting on the train to go camping in freshies and get fucking fucking wasted on fucking vodka and whatever else. Dancing, oh dancing, all day, yeah. Fucking hell, mate. I had that album, Introspective, was it? It was, what, yeah, something like that. And, um, Caroline, Caroline, and I think Mark Chapman went out with a girl called Caroline, so we'd all point at him. Caroline, I'm surprised we didn't fucking all jerk each other off in the fucking woods like Adam Sultana used to do. Well, we used to walk around our town with a 
I never had the big Gatto Blaster. You ever had the biggest Gatto Blaster that he brought to his house? So that was Kev Lawrence. He brought his out big monster thing with detachable speakers, tape to tape, twin decks, fucking all sorts. Dolby surround sound and bass boost and everything. So we'd all bring our discs, our uh, cassettes out. And they were all like, they were, I was a bit fucking gay with my song choices. Because they were all listening to like. He's still fucking Pink gay Floyd, now. Pink Floyd and Frank Zappa and all them. And I was going, yeah, I'll put this one on. What is it? it it's George Michael's Faith. I got this album. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, I was the same. That on. Put this one on. Billy Joel, the piano man. Fuck, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't put me George Michael on. I was devastated. Well, look how that turned out. <laughs> Come on, there's one on here called Father Figure. It's dead good. Fuck. <laughs> 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 <sighs> you're, you're just listening to Father Figure wanking into a sock in the corner of your bedroom, crying. When you've, when you've listened to that one, try kissing the fool. Oh, it's classic. But no, they were into the Frank Zappas and the Pink Floyd. I will listen to that in a minute, Stu. Yeah, fucking take your fucking ghetto blaster and go home, Stewie. You're trying to listen to Pink Floyd now, aren't you? Well, I've never listened to Pink Floyd in my life. I obviously know. Um, I had a very scary taxi ride with um, a fella called Steve McNally and, and my wife um, back in the day when it was fucking hell this makes you feel old I was 19 when I started on the rally and um, Frank Mooney we went to Frank Mooney's 40th and we got a taxi with Steve McNally going home and he was singing at me and Kerry while me and Kerry held each other in fear of our lives. He was singing there. Was it Shine On You Crazy yeah, Diamond or something? Yeah, so that's about it, really. And everyone knows the wall and all that. Another brick in the wall. But So I just wanted a start point of, um, I think Simon, is it Simon? What's his name? Um, our number one fan. I've got to give him a, a shout out, Simon Isbell. I'm sure he, he he's mentioned. Oh no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was on Twitter. Sorry, Simon. Fake shout out. Fucking love you anyway, and all that. Stick me dick in you. Um, Amber. She said, "Start with Dark Side of the Moon, and then go to the Wall. A nice glass of whiskey or a pint, and just settle in." I've never listened to an album. I've listened to the um, like the classic songs, oh, yeah. like Money. Yeah, comfortably like normal. I bought, um, I bought the the greatest hit. Pink Floyd did a release of greatest hits in about two thousand and one or something. And I remember buying it from the Sainsbury's bargain bin for fifty p. Where the staff bargain bin, which uh, is why it was so cheap. But other than like comfortably numb and money and another brick in the wall. I wasn't really that interested in it. And to be honest, like I, I've always got the impression that Floyd was the type of band, if you like, and especially like their background, the type of band that you need to be on LSD or something to really appreciate. Yeah. I mean, the, the group of lads I hung around, they were all yeah. the drink, the, the pot. Yeah. You had to be on some magic mushrooms. I was a sensible lad. I was a sensible lad. When they were saying they were going down the woods to pick the shoes, I was like, well, I'm going in. I'll see you tomorrow. I never went with them. I'm going in with me, uh, George Michael doll. <laughs> <laughs> I was. 
I was there. I was always the one that said, oh, I'm not into that. I'll see you tomorrow. My mum just bought me the latest smash it. <laughs> did you ever, in your video shop, I know they gave away the um, the film posters. Did you ever have them in your room? Yeah. We used to rob them out of bus stops, mate. I think they sold for like 50p in our video shop. So they'd have them up, up for the you know, the run of the film when it was popular, and then the, you could buy them for 50p. So my room was plastered in them. And it brought me on to my videos, one of my films that I used to watch in 86 that were out. You had the, the Top Guns. Again, Kelly McGillis, bit of a fox. Platoon, very, very angry film. Classic. One of Craig's oh, favourites. I think it was one of Craig's favourites. Yeah. Craig's got I about like. 2,000 favourite films. And all the Brat Pack were out in 86. All the Brat Pack was starting. The uh, Breakfast Club. The Stand By Me, Pretty in Pink. About Breakfast Club, about last night. Bre- I bought Breakfast Club on Blu-ray and lent it to Craig. Have you, you never seen way, it? Craig. Yeah, yeah, I have, yeah. <laughs> and it's never, For ever... Sake, when Craig, he told well, me he'd never seen sure. it, I, was, I couldn't you should, believe it. You should realise that Craig, Craig loves all these films, but he's only seen about five films in his life. Um, I actually, the first time I saw The Breakfast Club, was at a cinema. Yeah, it was like one of my local independents at the yeah. time did a season of like classic films and they did like double bills and it was uh, Breakfast Club followed by Pretty in Pink. I'd never seen any either of them. I'd heard good things about Breakfast Club and I must have been about, I must have been about 16 at the time when they showed it and it blew me away. Like I love the Breakfast Club now. I think if you... Yeah, same. That's why... I had the Blu-ray, and when he told me he'd never seen it, I said, yeah, yeah. take that with you tonight and watch yeah. it. And that was about four Fantastic years ago. Film. It holds so, up now. I stood I stood in Hollywood Studios with Craig, and that, yeah. was it the great movie ride, Craig? Yeah. Where you're queuing up before, and it's showing all the, the film, all the different film. And the amount of, oh, have you seen that? No. Have you seen that? No. There's so many classics that Craig's never seen. Even the monster movies I bought in the monster yeah, movies. Yeah, I've watched, I've watched three of them. I couldn't believe I hadn't seen any of them. There's some of my favourite films now, lad. They're in my top 100. The thing with me is, right, the last film I've seen is the greatest film I've ever seen. So I watched The Black Panther oh, yeah. at the weekend. <sighs> Fucking him. It's a solid Blimey, six and a half, seven. It's... It's at this stage in the Marvel um, universe. It's an origin story, but the origin story is basically set just after Civil War by a matter of days. Well, or while Civil War is basically going on, in it, he's having his own little battle. Oh no, no, it's just after, isn't it? It's just after. Yeah. I thought I thought it was a brilliant story. Obviously, it's an origin story, but the Marvel films we've been used to over the past few years, where it's hundred mile an hour all the time, I was a little bit disappointed with it. What I did like about it, this is a fucking tangent, this isn't it. What I did like about it was the fact that it's not um, the whole planet is going to die. It was a very small little thing about an injustice that was done. 
you know, and uh, and whatnot. And it's basically two of them having a fucking well, kick. I, off. I said, like, I talked about it on um, talked about it on on the latest strike. And I talked about it on Pop After Dark. But what I thought was the, the the best thing about Black Panther really was the villain. I thought for the first time the villain didn't yeah. want, to, as you kind of mentioned, there, didn't want to destroy the world. He didn't want to, you know, kill a load of people. He wanted what he felt was rightfully his. And you emphasize with him um, a lot more than you do with, you know, nearly all of the villains you've seen in superhero films. He was a rounded character. And I like in the trailers, um, spoilers by the way, but it's a fucking curveball in it because he isn't a villain. No. In the trailers. Andy Serkis is the villain in the trailers. Mm. I love that. I didn't expect what happened. I thought there was like a lot, that. No. lot to like about it, but I don't think it's the classic that people think it is. But at the same time, I, it, I'll probably go back and see it before it's finished in the cinema, which is very unusual for me for a Marvel film. So It's, it's yeah, I've bought it. Like, I've bought all the Marvel films since... Blah, 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 blah. I think since Civil War come out. I walk out the pictures and I just buy it. Yeah. Um, see, see, once I've seen a film, I haven't got a very big Blu-ray or DVD collection because once I've seen a film, I very rarely go back to it. Once I've seen it, it's it's in my mind. I don't need to go and watch it again. Whereas you you go and watch films ten, twelve times. Yeah, just just the same six films though. <laughs> I mean, I've seen Dirty Dancing twenty times because whenever it's on, Michelle's got to watch it. And I've got to sit here and watch it with her. Yeah, but you love it. That's another film. You know, that's another film you've never seen. No. You know what? I'd rather fucking I watched Dirty Dancing for the first time, like the whole film. I'd always seen like bits and pieces of it. But a few years ago, we was on holiday with some friends and we was uh, you know, a caravan holiday, late at night, kids were in bed. So we flipped through the channels and that was on. It was like, ah, keys in the bowl. Keys the caravan, in the bowl. Two, two cramps. And, um, and that was on. And her girls were like, oh yeah, let's watch Dirty Dancing. So we watched it. And I was actually really disappointed with it. I thought it was going to be better than it was like with how people hold it in high regard. And I'll tell you why I feel that way, Stuart, right? No point in telling Craig because he won't get it. The reason why I feel that way about Dirty Dancing is because I don't like the fact it's a period film and yet there's modern songs in it. Yeah. Like he's, How well, do you mean there's modern songs so in it? In the film, it's in a 50s camp and the music they dance to in that is mostly of that era. But the two songs that everyone knows from Dirty Dancing are uh, Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind, which... That doesn't sound anything like the fifties. Entire your life, which again sounds like a eighties love ballad, and they all sing and dance to it, and it's just it just throws you out of the film of what is a period piece film. But saying that, Stuart, did you see that abomination of a TV movie they did last year? Dirty Dancing. They remade it. What was it called? And it is fucking terrible. Fuck off. Yeah. Straight like, to TV because they couldn't get um, they couldn't that? get a cinema release for it, and when you saw it, you understood why it was it was terrible, mate. I I knew it was going to be like pretty bad, but even I couldn't defend the shitstorm that it was. 
I thought you were going to say, I thought it was going to be like Ah, Pretty Woman then. Fucking terrible. There was a Dirty Dancing 2, but not until uh, the the noughties that came out. Yeah. Yeah. It's no Grease 2, that's for sure. I like Grease 2. I mean, it's no Grease, but it's it's not a terrible seat. Well... Oh, you're an idiot. I fucking hate Grease. Grease is shit, mate. Why the fuck did she fly off at the end? She dies in the first song. What? Does she? (laughs) Yeah. You'll have to watch it all over again. I fucking know. Did you miss that? Do you know what I've never seen? That's that's over, uh, well, was born after 1946. Anyone that says they have is a liar. We should do a commentary on five hours long. You're right. Do that by yourself. (laughs) So, what else happened in 1986? (laughs) We got on such a tangent. (laughs) Um, My favorite film at the time, and probably still one of my favorites for obvious reasons, (laughs) was Nine and a Half Weeks. Fucking dirty. Dirty little film that one. She was Kim Bassinger, my babe. Top of her game, absolutely in that favorite film as well. actress of the time. Absolutely gorgeous. Mickey Before Rourke was also my favorite, favorite actor. Is he in there? Say again. Is he in there? Mickey Rourke. Yeah. I've never seen that in half weeks. This this new um. <laughs> Oh, Fifty Shades. What's the dirty film up now? The Grey Fella. Fifty Shades of Grey. I don't think you'd have heard this story, Stuart, but um, I I worked in TV for about uh, three years and my first... It's not a joke. (laughs) (laughs) It's a true true fact. You can't give me me the bad joke jingle. I worked in TV for three years and uh, the woman that gave me my first actual live TV job, which was like a Sabian gig at Somerset House, was a woman called, um, oh, fuck, what's her name? James. Um, Anyway, it turned... Hey? When did you... Did she sit down? Did she sit down? Yeah, you should... should Anyway, uh, it later turned out that she was uh, the author of the Fifty Shades of Grey books. And she was the most un oh uh, Erica Leonard that was her name Jesus yeah. um, not James Erica Leonard and Erica assumed the pen name P D James and uh, yeah wrote Fifty Shades of Grey and it was the most unlikely person to write those books and I've not read them but I've heard their I, I know what the content of them is um, but she's made an absolute fortune so fair play to her. I... Does anyone get bummed in them? Yeah. Bit of pegging, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I imagine. I, I don't even know what pegging is. Is that what you put? Uh, gypsies. No, peg, pegging is yeah. where um, Pegs on your bollocks. you get you get done by a lady. Yeah. Oh, you get bummed by a lady. Know, I don't know. Do you, I don't know what you know if it's a strapping dildo yeah. or if it's a butt plug or something. But it's it's where they do you anyway. Yeah. 
It's fair enough, isn't it? So, have you seen Nine and a Half Weeks? No. <sighs> well, Fifty Shades of Grey is a rip-off of it. Even the character, the, it's... I think That's right, yeah. Fifty Shades of Grey, I think his name's Christian Grey. And the, and the main character in Nine and a Half Weeks is John Grey. And it's the same story, it's about infatuation, it's about she becomes obsessed with him. So he bums her? Yeah. Fucking hell. And he... Yeah, and gets all the people to join in. What? And sprays squirty cream all over the tits. Communal bumming. <laughs> You'll have to watch it. How have you never seen Nine and a Half Weeks? Freak scene. It's a beauty film. Um, I, but to be honest, I've never watched it either. Like I've, I've yeah, seen like I... the greatest hits of it, but I've never actually watched the whole film because I was too young. I just never had the urge to watch it. Well, you were like three. So that's what I was getting at about the, the video shop buying the posters. I had that nine and a half weeks post uh, on the wall. I had to stand by me. <coughs> I had Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Platoon. They were my four favourite posters on my wall when I was growing up. We used to rob them out the bus stops. So I had Ghostbusters 2 on my wall, but it filled my wall because it was out of a bus stop. And... I had yeah. the Babes. Remember Tom the Hanks. Babes? Tom Hanks. Oh, was that a... Classic. Classic. Yeah. And we had to say that Keith Anna's dad worked in the poster <laughs> shop that delivered to the bus stops. When really you could get you could get into them with two matches. There was little clasps underneath. Stick a match in each one. They'd open. Boom. Tell you're a scouser. You can just you can rob whatever you want, can't you? When you want to rob it, like in that, though, innit? <sighs> and Mickey Rock, the following year, Mickey Rock brought out one of my favourite ever films, was Angel Heart. Have you ever watched that no. one? Robert De Niro. I've heard of it, no. I haven't seen it, though. Never heard of it. He plays a character called Louis Cipher. Together, uh... it's Lucifer. Ah. Uh... And um, oh, the, the one out of the Cosby show, Lisa Bonet. Lisa Bonet, she's in it as well. She gets yeah, Craig, you never told me, Craig. You never told me that um, she gets a, a knocks out in Shape of Water. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she had to knock out yeah, the chief. Yeah. She flicks the bean as well. That's the mum in Paddington. Yeah. That's in like the first 10 minutes, isn't it? Oh, right it's, it starts because that's as far oh, as I got. It's, it's, I it's actually good, Stuart. Oh, I mean, mean, not if you want to have a five knuckle shuffle. doesn't get much better than that. But, yeah. and But the thing is, like, I watched I watched Paddington today, or, or my daughter had Paddington on, and um, I'm like, I saw your knocks. I saw your nonks. He got a Sevy on. I do like it. Though. I do like Sally Hawkins. <laughs> yeah, she's very. She's yeah, she's very, gorgeous. Uh, girl next door. She's... But beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's, I want to be a man. You, Craig. So, um, what else, Stuart? What else in the '86? We've done films, done some albums. I... 
<sighs> yeah. When did you get into footy? How do you mean? Well, because 86, oh, we did the double. Were you going to match then, or...? No, I, d- I didn't really go the game. My dad took me to maybe two or three games a season, but my old fella was more on a Saturday. He wants to go to the, the Bromble Legion, the Royal Legion, have a piss up with his mates. For a surprise party. For a surprise party. <laughs> Nick won't get that. Whenever there's, a, whenever there's a do in our family, it's a surprise party. And it's, <laughs> we're just going the Legion. We're just going to pop the Legion. You just happened to be 50 last week, but we're just going to Legion. And every week, it's the same group of people in the Legion shouting, surprise! Well, let's, let's go up to the function room and see if there's anything going no on. I wonder what's on in the yeah. function room tonight. Oh, surprise! Surprise! Oh, you got me again. And then the next week, somebody comes up the crowd and it's their surprise party. But they're genuinely surprised. That's the thing. I had no idea. So I didn't start going regularly to the footy till about 89 when I started working in the quick save butchers. Oh, I'd rather the quickie. <clears throat> quick save butchers in there was called Coleman's. I used to work in their butchers and the manager there was called Martin and we always used to go with the game on a Saturday and it's when you could just turn up and walk in. Didn't have to buy a ticket. Walk up, pay you whatever it was, £6 or something. Go see the game, come out, have a couple of bevies and go home. So, about 89, I started going regular when we had a proper team. Oh, we're the greatest team in the world, uh. So, I also saw the uh, Crystal Palace 9-0, Man City 6-0, was it? When uh, Tom Finney said it was the greatest football game he'd ever oh, seen. Oh, Nottingham Forest 5-0. Forest. It, fucking, it was etched into your fucking brain, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I should have saw City play today. Have you ever had any good nights of football, Nick, being a West Ham uh, fan? No. Bless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give him a self Famous Spurs fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, to be honest, Craig, probably my West Ham highlight was probably when you uh, beat us in the FA Cup final. Just because it was, oh, you, know, you told this story before. That, but I mean, just off. because even even though we eventually lost it, I mean that was such a game of football, like incredible match, incredible match. Um, I've seen. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've seen West Ham do some wins. In fact, I'll tell you what. You you said to me West Ham highlights. I'll tell you what was. I went to the FA Youth Cup final, nineteen ninety nine. West Ham won, and the squads that played that day included Rio Ferdinand, Joe Cole, and Michael Carrick. Not in, not in, the, not in the youth. Julian Dix. Lampard? No, Julian, Julian Dix was before that, because we signed oh, him he, and ruined him. He was, he was, like, he was anyway, a typical like. West Ham player. Why Liverpool ever bought him, God knows, because he just, he just smashed people up. He wasn't a proper footballer. I love, I love Julian Dix, but, I mean, he wasn't a, a proper footballer. He was just a madman. I love him for that, um, but yeah, I mean, our, our youth academy at the time was was smashing it, and I remember watching that game because everyone was talking about Joe Cole, and I went, "No, Michael Carrick is the one that's going to have the career," and he didn't really have 
much of it. You know, he didn't really do that well until he went to Man United. But, you know, the fact that he went to Man United, you know, that to me speaks volumes. Just about to retire, yeah. He's still yeah. going now, isn't yeah. he? He's just about to retire, I think, this year. Mm. Yeah, phenomenal. That's a good innings, that. Good innings. That's it. That's me done. That's my 1986 story. <laughs> Carrying around a bit of lino. Me ghetto blasting days. Poppy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I never did that. Go, go to the chippy for your chips and me doner kebab. Yeah. Fucking doner kebab Mate. and the chippy, Nick. Have a word. Dirty bastard. What, chippy? Our local one even does noodles now. What? A noodles bar. We get noodles in our chippy. Get soy sauce on them. Oh, really nice. lot, yeah. So, Craig, anything else you wanted to cover before we finish? Um, um, no. I'm just happy to have a, a fucking boss episode out. Just reminiscent. I love these episodes going back in time. Fucking eighties, mate. That was that was our nineteen fifties America. The eighties. Who was your favourite actor in the eighties? Um, oh, it would have to be <laughs> Russ Abbott. <laughs> Neither did he. Well, that was a curveball. I never saw that one coming. <laughs> in Russ Abbott. Oh, um, I love an atmosphere. Cannon and ball. Talking about film acting, oh, Blair. Yeah, David oh, did a God. film. The Boys in Blue. Oh. We've got it on DVD. Oh, the Boys in Blue. When the cinema to watch The Boys in Blue. A woo, 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 woo. I tweeted Bobby Ball about it the other fucking month when I bought it. And uh, he was he went, that'll do for me, son. Fucking classic, mate. Absolutely shocker. When I first got onto Twitter, I tweeted um, Paul Daniels what was his favourite tea, and he fucking replied, what was Paul Daniels' favourite tea? No. Hell great. No. Egg and chips with bread and butter and a cup of tea. That was his actual, he actually replied him. I fucking love Paul Daniels. You talk about yeah, the 80s. TV, he was sure the magician, that action, wasn't I mean, he? You have to say Harrison Ford or Bill Murray, surely. Um, Bill Murray, probably, because of Stripes, the first time i ever seen a mot. Um, <sighs> but it's got to be fucking um, Sylvester Stallone. I'll tell you what, when you look... The fucking eighties, mate. Think about yeah. it. And over the top, Cobra was out still out. The world's the first yeah. film about arm wrestling. The thing Oaks and Rocky yeah. Four, I think, was eighty six or was that eighty seven? Rocky Four. I was in no, the juniors, in... so it was nineteen eighty four. Yeah, it was eighty three. Eighty three was um, no. Uh, what was 80, 83, I think, was Rocky 2. Oh, Rocky 3, sorry. Um, I'm going to look now. Rocky IV. That's what it's called, wasn't it? 
Right, I'm gonna tell you now. Rocky four nine eighty five. So the reason I got on from the yeah, I've told you. Because well, we, on, we were, I can remember being in the juniors in talking about. So we probably got it about eighty six or eighty seven. No, no, no. It. We were in the juniors talking about the new Rocky film that they were filming, and the rumor is it's a Russian, and he's a robot, <laughs> and Rocky punches him that hard his head comes off. And we started in the seniors in September '85, so we'd have been talking about that in the like the May of '84, '85. Sorry, when they were filming it. I love that film. I fucking love it. Well, my year '86, Trevi Chase had four big yeah. films out. Four National Lampoon's European Vacation. Classic. Spies like Never us. Never seen it. Yeah. With the Paul McCartney soundtrack. Martin Three Amigos. Uh, Steve Martin and... Yeah. Fuck off. Oh, that wasn't 86, was it? I mean, Stuart Holland went and, to pictures to see that. And Fletch. He was a... Um, that was a bit of a lesson on what he was. A, I think he was like a, a or something. private detective or something. And of course, that brings us full circle because what was a big film? What was a big song from Fletch? No. Um, Daisy no. Dancing. Mull of Kintyre. He was Paul Simon. Um, Madonna. Paul Simon. Right, call me out. Oh, Diamonds on the Souls of Us Who? Because that's why he's in the music call video. Oh, yeah. Was that from there, was it? That's why he's in the music video. Yes. Ah, and it all it all looks as though that was all meant for It's synergy. It's all tied in together. Yeah. I think like anyone listening to this episode will clearly be able to tell this wasn't scripted. The way we, we went off on fucking tangents. <laughs> <laughs> Some clever, some clever editing needed there. Never heard of it. Fucking hell, editing. Yeah, you read it. You read it at the beginning of the last. We ever edited? Don't do it again. Hopefully, it's important today. Ah, cue the music.
So press stop now. Can you hear me over?